Together, we're going to find our way, an unofficial Silver Spoons podcast. The episode I'm talking about today is Season 1, Episode 14, entitled The Most Beautiful Girl in the World. This episode aired on January 8th, 1983, so this is the first episode of the new year in 1983. After Derek saves Ricky's life, he pressures Ricky to find a date for a co-ed party. But when Ricky can't find any girls who are willing, he feels obliged, shouldn't be obligated, (laughs) to pose as Derek's date. And this is, wow. I feel bad for Ricky. He seems to really be under Derek's thumb a lot. I mean, he can come back with quips. To insult Derek and stuff, but still, it's like, buddy, you don't have to do anything like that just because Derek saved your life. This episode was directed by Jack Shea, writers David W. Duflam, Ron Levitt, Michael G. Moe, M-O-Y-E, it's not Moe, Moy, Moy, Bob Illis, James R. Stein, Ben Starr, creator, Martin Cohen and Howard Lee. There are a lot of creators. It says that this was written by Bob Illis or Robert Illis and James R. Stein or James Stein. I didn't think there were this many people on Punky. Well, there probably were, but when it comes to written by and all this stuff, it's like, oh my goodness gracious sake. Oh, there's a goof in here. When the beam falls in the cave, you can see that it's hollow. Well, of course it's hollow. It's television. It's not real. (laughs) Oh, one of the trivia things here is kind of interesting. The fact that Justin Henry, who, if you've seen Kramer vs. Kramer, I guess was also... Uh... Is that right? Oh, no, this is for an award show. Never mind. I mm. Ricky Schroeder said Gary Coleman was the cockiest child actor he'd ever met on a recent episode of Look What Happens Live with Andy Cohen and Chelsea Handler. Oh, I just kind of, this some of this trivia is interesting. Um, the living room train set was powered by compressed air. Okay, I found the trivia that I was looking for for this. In an episode that would never get made today, the most beautiful girl in the world, Derek, coerces Ricky into dressing up in drag and being his date for a dance because Derek saved Ricky from an almost fatal accident earlier. Although the episode seemed innocent enough in 1983, now it has definite homoerotic implications. What? This is someone putting this in here, guys. I don't know if I even believe that. It probably... I think we've honestly come a bit farther now than we were in 1983, so... I mean, have you seen the show Bosom Buddies? I haven't seen it, but come on. 
So we come out of the intro, and Kate is getting her party on with setting up decorations. We have rainbow-colored streamers and... What are those, like... Paper, like, frilly, like, you know, a ball streamer thing. I don't sure. Something, you know, she's making it look very, very nice and decorative. I really like it. So, this is going to be Ricky's first party that he's ever had since he's been living with his dad. I wonder what the occasion is. It's not his birthday because that comes in season two, his first birthday with his dad. I'm kind of wondering, does Joel Higgins say, like, hey, I want to be coming in on the train for my first entrance into the episode? I kind of wonder, because we get an applause as we see him on the outside of the house on the train, and Phil is riding in the back. The train is also decked out with streamers. Oh, that is so cool. Oh, Phil is wearing, like, Ricky's Badger Patrol outfit. Oh, that's cute. What is the occasion, though? I'm kind of curious. So, Edward gets off the train. He unbuckles Phil and takes Phil and leans him up against the gumball machines. Okay, we learn what this event is, the Badger Ball. So that's why Phil is dressed up in the Badger Patrol outfit. Okay, cool. So Kate asks Edward, like, what do you think about all this? And he's like, Kate, it looks amazing. You did an, an awesome job. And Kate was like, are you sure it's okay? I tried to have a good balance between sensible and what did she 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 puts on like a 70s totally tubular oh no tubulars from the 80s i think i'm gonna play the clip because this is this is cute i love their interaction now that they've hopefully defined what their relationship is I certainly hope I've struck the right balance between understated elegance and total awesomeness, man. You know what I mean? For sure, you know. <laughs> Can't believe twelve-year-olds having a date party. When I was twelve years old, all I could think about were games and electric trains. Seems like a million years ago. <laughs> all I remember when I was twelve was being very unhappy. I developed too fast. I towered over all the boys. Well, Kate, look at it this way. You may have been miserable, but the boys you had to dance with were ecstatic. <laughs> Wanna dance? Ever? Not me, not me. What I love about you is your mind. Oh. Uh, where's Ricky? He and the other badgers conveniently took a hike. Good. Oh. So, Edward course says how he can't believe that his 12 year old is having a date party and he says how when he was 12 all he cared about was games and electric trains which is funny because <laughs> Kate 
has this look like, because he says it, it seems like a million years ago, and Kate just looks at him like, you just came in on an electric train, and you have arcade games in your living room, so I don't think, I think you're still, think you're 12 years old. But Kate says when she was 12, she was very unhappy, she developed faster than the boys, or, and she kind of towered over them. Well, when she first said, I developed too early or something, I thought she meant, like, you know, her, her chest she developed. But no, she meant just she probably hit puberty early or something like that. But I thought 12 years old is right around that time. Usually girls do develop, especially mentally, they're more mature mentally than boys are at 12. So Edward makes a cute little joke about how, oh, I bet the boys that you danced with weren't unhappy at all. And she's just like, Edward, please. Uh, and they use the time that Ricky and his little buddies are away. They're on a hike, which, do we only see Derek and Ricky here? Where are the other kids? But of course, Kate and Edward use the time to make out that the kids aren't there yet. Like, oh my goodness. Well, they're in a new relationship, you know, when it's an early relationship, it's new, it's fresh, it's hot and heavy, yeah. Oh, this is the cave, okay, so this has got to be the cave on Ricky's property then, because he tells them to stick, the other kids to stick close to him because he's only explored the first chamber of the cave. It's like, yeah, you can probably get lost. There's no probably about it. You would get lost in a cave if you didn't know where you were going. So, would this be considered spelunking? Spelunking? The cave exploration? Okay, well, we get our first appearance of Freddy! Freddy is going to be throughout the series. I think through all five seasons. I'm pretty sure. And Freddy is kind of nerdish a little bit with the bespifto. He's got the kind of glasses that are tinted. Do we see any of the other kids? Because I know we meet JT in this. So we got Ricky. We got Derek. We got Freddy. And we should be getting JT in this episode if he's not behind Freddy. Everybody stay close to me. I've only explored the first chamber of the cave. Humongous blowout. <laughs> it's my 
ginger ale, some 7-Up, a little bit of Dr. Pepper. <laughs> then you throw in a vitamin E tablet. <laughs> so Freddy, right away, we can see is kind of, he's a scaredy cat. As Derek's like, oh, Freddy, don't worry about it. You know, there, it was just probably a bat. And Freddy's like, a bat. A bat? Like, bats carry rabies. Of course, Derek is just screwing around. He's just joking. But luckily, Ricky gets Derek back by, by saying, Oh, Derek, look, you have a scorpion on your shoulder. And of course, Derek is like, what? <laughs> we do meet JT. And I gotta say, does this kid have, the actor have a cold? Because it looks like his nose was running. And then, of course, to prove that fact, he kind of rubbed his finger under his nose like he was wiping his nose. Um, this kid um, sounds like a date raper. He brings out this supposed love potion. It's like, is that moonshine or alcohol in that giant jug? Because he says it's a love potion you mix with either 7-Up or Diet Pepper or ginger ale. And then you add a vitamin E tablet. Whoa! Oh, wow! I know this is 1983 and when this show aired. And now in 2018 with what we know about date rape drugs and everything. The fact that he's saying... Mix this with this type of soda pop and then slip in a vitamin E tablet. It's like, kid, you are too young to be talking about roofing some girl. I don't like this at all. So I don't know if JT's character comes from, like, Texas or wherever, because he seems to have a slight bit of a drawl to him. And we will see later he's got, like, a Texas-sized belt buckle with a, and he's wearing a bolo tie. Um, this kid clearly acts like he's got away with the ladies, or at least roofing them, or something. <laughs> that sounds more like Derek's territory. I honestly would see Derek doing something that bad. I mean, he makes Ricky dress and drag for him when Ricky can't find a girl to go out with him. Gloria Stevenson. You know what I'm thinking? 
I'm thinking there's no such person as Gloria Stevenson. There is too. I mean, she's the most beautiful girl in the world. She makes Cindy Fairchild look like, um, Freddie. <laughs> Wow. Well, you know what? They're 12-year-old pubescent boys are going to talk about girls. They're going to talk about bras and other things. Eesh. So, of course, the last ingredient in JT's love potion is Tabasco sauce. Ugh. That sounds so nasty. So, the boys kind of... JT kind of brings this up with asking who's bringing who to the dance or to the party and... Ricky says Marcy Thompson, and of course, JT's like, oh, wow, she's a fox, and she really knows how to kiss. The look on Ricky's face is like, oh, great, so she's been out with you. Ugh. <laughs> well, you know who she's been swapping spit with? <laughs> you sure you don't want to find someone else, Ricky? <laughs> so I love how JT asks Freddie... So what girl humiliated herself enough to say she'd go with you? <laughs> and Freddie says Sylvia Crane something? Crane? And <laughs> of course G or uh, Derek has got a, a snide comment about like, Oh yeah, from the neck up she's a real bow wow, but I hear she wears a bra. And Ricky is like, well, Derek, no, that's not a bra. She fractured her ribs. Ew. Poor girl. <laughs> so Ricky asks JT who he's taking, and he says, Cindy Fairchild, who's a ninth grader. What grade are those boys in? Are they in sixth grade or seventh grade? Apparently, girls aren't good enough for JT. He wants a woman. She's a ninth Well, in his eyes, she's a woman, so... I guess. Okay, I gotta wonder, so are they like in, is it like the thing where they go start at 7th grade and then they go up to like ninth grade and then it's 10, 11, 12? That's what I'm kind of wondering how that goes. So I, I think some schools do that. Mine didn't. I went from 6th to 8th and then high school was 9 through 12. So clearly they probably all go to the same school with ninth graders. So, JT is like, hmm, let's see, um, we've all said who we're bringing, but the only person that hasn't spoken up yet is Taylor. And Derek says, yeah, well, I'm bringing this, uh, well, at first, Derek is kind of coyly like, why should I tell you who I'm bringing? And JT latches onto that immediately, like, oh, well, you don't have anybody, that's why you haven't spoken up yet. So... Derek says he's bringing a girl named Gloria Stevenson, 
And JT is like, oh, well, you know, it sounds to me like this Gloria Stevenson, who I've never heard of, I don't think she actually exists. So the boys put money on it. JT says, I bet you $5 she will not be there at the party. Derek's like, why not make it 10 The boys shake on it. JT decides to go to the mall and scope out the action. Freddy, like the little lap dog puppy that he is, is like, hey, JT, can I go with you? JT's like, yeah, I guess, but don't stand too close to me. I don't want people to think I'm actually hanging out with you. And Freddy is all like, oh, yeah, I understand that totally, JT. Like, ugh, he is such a little lapdog puppy. Oh, of course, Derek's got to throw a dig at when they're talking, when he was talking about Gloria Stevenson saying that, that she makes the, uh, uh, JT's date look like Freddie. <laughs> like, Gloria's that beautiful. Oh my god. So, Ricky is telling Derek, alright, let's get out of here. The other guys are out of here. Let's go. Um, Derek is like, oh, that JT, can you believe what he said? <laughs> oh, by the way, Ricky, can you get me a date for tonight? Are you kidding me? Derek! Why would you make a bet on something you know straight away you're going to lose? Or is he that confident in Ricky's abilities to get a date for him? Come on. No girl is going to go at want you, Derek. We've seen your act. We know what you're like. You're not a charmer. You're a slime ball. So it turns out this party's in a couple hours. So the boys were all just kind of hanging out in the cave for a bit, doing, you know, talking trash about girls and stuff like that. And, of course, after Derek says, hey, Ricky, you think you can get me a date for tonight? R Ricky looks at Derek's like, well, I knew there was no Gloria Stevenson. Why did you make this bet that... And in Derek's mind... He doesn't want to look like a loser in front of the other guys. Or in front of JT, at least. So, yeah. And Ricky pretty much is telling him, like, Derek, there's no way. The party's in, like, a couple hours. All of a sudden, in the cave, we hear this rumbling sound. Like, oh boy, it sounds like it could be a cave-in. So as soon as Ricky says, what's that? Derek grabs Ricky and they tumble to the ground as this beam falls right where Ricky and Derek were standing. I like that this is the probably the only good thing I will ever say about Derek is the way that he reacted that fast. He sensed danger and he wanted to save his friend's life. Or does he have an ulterior motive to this? I hope that Ricky lets his dad know that a beam fell in that cave so maybe Edward can get some people in there to help fix that or condemn it or something because that is now not a safe place to hang out. Well, look out! 
almost missed me by inches. I couldn't even kill. Save my life, Derek. Hey, I did it Gee, that didn't take long as Derek's like, hey, you know, I saved your life. And you know what that means? It means you owe me. And Ricky gets down on his knees and starts to pray. And Derek looks at him like, oh, are you giving thanks? And Ricky tells him, no, I'm praying for another cave-in. Or maybe a beam to fall on your head. <laughs> so, yeah, it looks like... Ricky's gotta try to find someone to go out with Derek. No one's gonna want to go out with him. They all know the kind of creep that Derek is. Hi, this is Ricky Stratton. Hi. I know this is last minute, but I'm having a party tonight. And I'd really love if you would come. <laughs> you will? Great. Great. By the way, you'll be Derek Taylor to go for just hello. <laughs> <laughs> He asked her, like, hey, I'm having a party. I'd like to invite you. The girl says yes. The moment Derek's, Derek Taylor's name leaves Ricky's lips, boom, dial tone, she hung up. I want to take a look at this list as Ricky has crossed a bunch of names off. Let's see, we got Brooke, Debbie, Mary Jo, Terry, Wes, Wesie? That's a name? W, it says W-E-Z-Z-I-E. -E. Um, Janet? W-A? Is that supposed to be an N? So that's Nancy. What is that name? Betsy? Barbara? Oh my god, my name's on that list! It says Angela, and the name is crossed out. Well, of course I would turn down Derek Taylor. Jan, um, Crystal, and that might be Jessica, just above Ricky's hand. My gosh, my name is on that list! 
Uh, well, apparently Ricky did not inform his father of his near-death experience as Edward runs in like, oh my gosh, Ricky, how did you not tell me about this? You were almost crushed to death by a beam. That's when Derek comes in like, oh, sir, I'm sorry. I thought Richard would have told you. It's like, oh, good grief. And then... He tells Edward that Richard has promised to get him a date. And <laughs> Edward's happy, like, oh, well, that's good. I'm sure Ricky will do great with that. And then he asks, Ricky, are you sure you don't want a clown at your party? And Ricky's like, no, no, Dad, we're too old for clowns. They're 12. They do not need a clown. And Edward's like, well, I always have clowns at my parties. I'm like, yes, of course you would, Edward, because you're a goofy guy. I have to know, Ricky, 12-year-old Ricky, has his own telephone. How wild is that? I mean, kids today, 12-year-olds, probably all have cell phones. I'm sure they all do. That is nothing new. I didn't have one when I was 12 because I didn't even have a phone in my own room. We had two phones at the house. I was so excited when my dad finally got a cordless phone. That way I could, you know, talk in my room and everything like that. Oh, okay, so that last name is not Crystal, it's Cheryl. Oh, I'm sorry. No, what Derek says to Edward or Ricky, like, oh, I thought you'd tell your father how I saved your life with no regard for my own. You just, uh, it's like you want them to pin a hero medal on your shirt or something. Derek, see, there are those that don't think about saving someone's life and don't expect to get any praise for it, but people like Derek Taylor, they do it for the fame, for the glory, for, to, to get a picture in the paper or a medal pinned on their shirt. At least Edward does tell Ricky, which makes sense, that now that cave is off limits. You need to have it condemned or have some cave experts go in there and make sure that that cave is sound. Or, I don't know. Something to that effect, definitely, because that is not safe. He could have been killed. Both boys could have been killed by that same beam. It was that heavy. Although it was a hollow beam, but, you know, that's a stage prop. Oh, of course, Derek. This is such a common thing. As Derek's excuse for why his girl, like, turned him down. Like, oh, unfortunately, the girl I asked had to move to Alaska. Isn't that always a thing when people would, like, make up girlfriends or whoever, boyfriends? They say, oh, they live in Canada. Oh, they had to suddenly move to, like, Alaska or somewhere. It's like... Just be honest and say you don't have a significant other rather than lying and get your, getting yourself in deeper. I never made up a boyfriend. Never. So, Mr. Could have been a dead person. What you got for me? Massive rejection. You wrote 13, Derek. Sorry, I did my best. There's no one left to call. No one. No one. How about Marcy Thompson? She's my date! So? Well, Rick, if it wasn't for me, you'd be a blonde pancake and I'd be taking her out anyway. <laughs> you take my date out? On the day I died? <laughs> we talk about you. What a great guy you were. 
So, Derek's like, all right, what do you got for me? Who's the lucky girl? Uh, Ricky says, well, I'm sorry, Derek. You're 0 for 13. Massive rejection. All these girls flat out rejected you. And, he, and he, Derek is a Derek is surprised at this. Seriously? I'm... Of course, this is a low blow for Derek. He's like, hey, how about Marcy Thompson? And Ricky jumps out of his chair like, she's my date! And Derek is like, oh, well, yeah, if it weren't for me, you'd be a blonde pancake and I'd be going out with her anyway. Because that's the type of slime ball that Derek is. And Ricky's like, you do that to me? And Derek tells him, well, you know, of course, we talk about you and what a great guy you were and how you'd do anything for a friend. So... Ricky's got the phone cord, like, stretched out between two of his fists, like he is ready to strangle Derek. But, of course, Ricky sits down and dials the number. Oh, boy. Ricky, buddy, you are so being manipulated here. So, Ricky sits down in the chair, and the way that he is slamming those numbers down to dial her number. He's so angry about this. Um, behind Ricky, I can see we finally get a shot of the bathroom, and we see the sink and the mirror just above it. I kind of was curious, you know, what that bathroom looked like, but we do get a shot of a window, which has got to be, like, off to the side of the bathroom mirror, which is kind of cool. I, I don't think we ever see him go into the bathroom. This is kind of sad, you know, Ricky having to break his date with the girl. And the excuse that he uses is, look, I was wondering if when you come here, somebody else can kind of keep you company because I'm going to be busy playing host. And Derek, meanwhile, has got this big grin on his face. And he's kind of like... um. Moving his hand around like, come on, get to the point, Ricky. But the girl seems to already have an idea of who Ricky has in mind to keep her company. As Ricky's like, oh, as long as it's not who? And he looks at Derek. Yeah, exactly. That girl's not going to be hanging around with Derek Taylor while you play host to your party. So, Ricky, of course, is desperate. He goes to bat for Derek, saying, oh, he's really improved, so if you just say hello, and she hangs up on him, like, no, I'm not doing that. Hi, Marcy. Hi. This is Rick. <laughs> Hi, uh, I've been thinking I thought it'd be a good idea to have someone else take you to the party tonight to keep you company. Cause I'm gonna be busy playing host. Is that okay? It is? Good, good. As long as it's not who? <laughs> Listen, he's really improved. <laughs> so if you'll just say hello. Hello? <sighs> Boy, did you blow that one. Derek, no thanks to you, neither one of us has a date. 
Derek, I'm grateful to you for saving my life. Honest, I am. And I really want to repay you. But finding a girl who's willing to be seen with you? Come on. Some things are just impossible. <laughs> Rick, sometimes I'm so smart, I awe myself. <laughs> I just thought of a way for both of us to have a date. <laughs> I can't believe Derek blames Ricky for why this girl doesn't want to hang around him. Like, there's nothing Ricky could have said or done that was going to make that good at all for you, Derek. You you got to blame yourself, your guy. Um, Derek concocts an idea which we don't see yet, but he... It's like, hey, I have a way for both of us to get dates because since Ricky asked his date and she hung up, well, pretty much she does not want to go with him and she does not want to have anything to do with Derek. So both of them are without dates. This has got to be the longest two hours in history because when they were in the cave, Ricky was like, Derek, the party's in two hours. What did that mean? Wow. Like I said, yeah, this is the longest two hours. So Derek is playing with the dartboard on the back of Ricky's door while the door to the bathroom is closed. Derek is telling Ricky, like, hey, step it, step it up a bit. So Ricky, behind the closed door, we hear him say, this is, I've never been more embarrassed in my life. This is humiliating. And Derek is like, eh, it'll be fine. Just get out here. And Ricky opens the door, and he's got a reddish-brown long wig on. He's got a fuchsia pink dress that goes past the knees. He's wearing, could you call them bobby socks or knee socks? They don't quite hit the knee. And he's wearing black shoes with the um, buckle crossed. And he's wearing this blouse. Where did he get the fake boobs from? This is really humiliating. Poor Ricky. Who did his makeup? We know it wasn't Derek. Does Derek know how to apply makeup? And where did they get the clothes from? You're gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs>
Got news for you. I've already got a headache. So we cut back from the commercial break, and Derek looks at Ricky in the getup, and he's like, you're gorgeous. Ricky immediately takes a fighter stance, and Derek backs off, like, oh, what I mean is, what I actually mean is, I'm happy to have you as my date tonight. It's like, buddy, you need to watch it. He had Mr. T as his bodyguard, and Derek, Ricky will take you down in that dress. So, turns out those fake boobs, they're balloons, as we see Derek take one of those darts and pop the balloons, grab a couple pairs of socks, or a pair of socks, splits them up, hands them to Ricky, says, here, you're supposed to use socks, not balloons. Those balloons, let me tell you, make a world of difference when Ricky ends up putting socks in there. Those balloons look more shape-like than those socks just look absolutely horrid. Why don't you just go flat-chested? I mean, you're 12. Not all girls develop when they're 12 years old. I, I mean, good grief. And with those balloons, he's at least a B cup edging towards a C cup. I don't know any... I don't know. I mean... <laughs> so, we do, yeah, we get a moment of Ricky complaining about the outfit. Like, how do girls stand wearing this stuff? It's so drafty. Well, I don't know, Ricky, but they do it. Well, before we go any further, I want to say about this race car bed. All it has in it is a sleeping bag. So clearly, we never really see Ricky sleeping in that bed, except for I'm Just Wild About Harry, the episode with the orangutan, where he was in the bed pretending to sleep. That that doesn't even look, there's no little mattress in it. There's no, like, sheets on it to make it look like a real bed. Another thing, with the bathroom door hanging wide open, we see that Ricky's got a telescope in there because there is, like, a large, not a large, large window, but there's a window where he can probably get a great view of the moon or the stars or the planets. So Ricky puts the socks in and he's trying to adjust it make them look more real they just look really bad so Ricky pretty much he puts because he's got like long hair that goes down past the chest area and he kind of like delicately lays it the on there so it kind of hopefully hides that and he looks at Derek he's like Derek there is no way we are going to pull this off Derek assures him like hey all you gotta do is stay down there for ten minutes while I collect my bet. And then you pretend you have a headache, you go upstairs, and you change, and you come down as Ricky. Simple as that. So is she going to play the part... Is Ricky going to play the part of Gloria Stevenson? Or is she gonna have a whole new identity? So, I... I think that, yeah, Ricky's right. I think sometimes wearing, like, wigs and stuff, because I remember when it was Halloween, I dressed like a clown or something with one of those rainbow clown wigs um, when I was, like, 10, <clears throat> 10 or 11. 
And I got a really bad headache from that. So Ricky goes to sit down at his table, and he's got one leg up on the table and one on the floor. And Derek says, Ricky, girls don't sit like that. That is, you got everything out in the open. Like, come on, guy. If you're going to even pull this off for ten minutes, you got to at least pretend to you've seen enough girls to know that they don't sit like that with their legs wide open like that what boy sits like that you got your arm your your leg way on that table that's above waist level as i mean i honestly that would be uncomfortable for a guy i've never put my legs up on a table before so, after Derek says, Rick, girls don't sit like that, he goes to cross his leg, and you can see up under that dress that practically goes to that boy's underwear. It's like, oh my goodness. Derek, I guess you gotta show him. You've seen enough girls, how they walk, how they sit, right? You show him what to do. demonstrates how to sit like a lady with the leg lightly crossed over at the knee and the two arms draped just above the knee crossed and then he's got this little doe-eyed smile on his face batting his eyelashes Ricky is like wow gee Derek you do that really well maybe you should dress up as a girl and I'll dress up as you as you He's like, uh, <laughs> Ricky has to think, like, wait a minute, that's not going to work. So now we got to perfect the walk. As Derek refers to it as, pretend you're a horse, like, hitting flies with your rear end or something like that. As Ricky moves one cheek at a time. <laughs> Oh, boy. So, oh, they had to go out the window because that wouldn't look right having 
this girl come out of Ricky's room going down the stairs if she hadn't even entered the party yet. But Ricky looks back at Derek like, ladies first. Like, wait a minute. Um, Derek's going out the window after you? Uh, well, he wants, oh, they have to show up together. Okay, I getcha. So, I remember when Edward was talking to Kate about this. I thought it was called the Badger Ball. This banner down in the living room above the fireplace says, Badger Party and Dance. And it's in, like, green lettering. And everything is, like, green and yellow. I'm like, does this take place around St. Patrick's Day? There's a kid, even a couple kids, wearing, like, green sweaters. Alright, I see JT and Freddy there on the couch with some other boys. Didn't they bring dates? Or is this just, they were all just talk and talk? Unless the girls are on the other side of the room. So I'm going to play this clip as Kate opens the door and there's Derek with Ricky as, I don't know what her name, his name they chose for her to be, but... as usual. Um, allow me to introduce my date, Gloria Stevenson. Nice to meet you, Gloria. I just look shy. Kate, we're gonna have more kids than we thought. We better get some more refreshments. Hi, Derek. Well, Mr. Stratton? Hey, Derek. Got a winner. Thanks. Um, Ricky told me to tell you that he's picking up his date and he'll be back in about ten minutes. Fine, Derek. What's that smell? <laughs> oh, that's my new aftershave. <laughs> lady killer. Derek, you could kill a lady buffalo with that. <laughs> so far, so good. Nine minutes, five seconds, and counting. <laughs> Guys, this is Gloria. So Derek comes in, he's got his arm around, so they do go with Gloria Stevenson, because may as well, that's who Derek said he was going to be bringing. And meanwhile, poor Ricky is hiding, trying trying to obscure his face with that, that hair that's hanging down from that wig, so that way Kate doesn't notice it's Ricky, but the big thing is... Edward's come over, so it's like, okay, how is this going to work? Because you'd think that Ricky is Edward's son. There's no way that he's going to get past his dad. Turns out, it works. Because Derek introduces Edward to his date. And Edward bends down to with, tell Derek, like, oh, you got a real winner there, son. <laughs> And then he's like, what is that smell? And Derek tells him, oh, it's my new aftershave, lady killer. <laughs> and Edward says, Derek, you could kill a lady buffalo with that. Ew, what? Ew, what 
type of aftershave did you use that stinks so bad? So Derek introduces Gloria to the guys, and the guys are, their tongues are practically hanging out of their mouths on the floor. They are goo-goo-ga-ga over this girl. And Ricky reminds Derek, like, we got nine minutes and some seconds, and then I'm out of here. Now, Derek says, well, now you have to go over and talk to the girls or hang out with the girls now. And Ricky's like, no, I don't want to do that. And it's like, you have to or they're going to think you're a snob. Oh, my goodness. This is not going to go well at all. No way is he going to pull that off again around girls. They're going to sense that. So Ricky's all at a loss, like, what do I talk about? And Derek's like, well, makeup, lips, um, pantyhose, uh, stuff like that. Oh, and also put in a good word for me, too. Like, well, we saw that list of 13 crossed-off names, so that's not going to help you, Derek. So as Ricky starts to walk away, Derek is like, the walk, remember? Do the walk. Walk like a lady. And the way that he is walking, one cheek pushed out at a time, JT is lasering in on this girl, on uh, Ricky as Gloria. <laughs> Let me just talk about JT here for a second. Like, remember how I said he, like, dresses like a Texas cowboy? Because he's got the button-up shirt with the collar, and it's got the designs on the front just above the pockets. He's got the jeans. He's got cowboy boots. He's an out-and-out -out cowboy. All right, let's see how this bet goes down, shall we? I, I don't believe it, Taylor. Well, when you got it, you got it. Cough up a ten spot, JT. Loan me ten bucks, buddy. Sure, when are you going to pay me back? Good idea, JT. <laughs> Hi. So, JT's, I, like, I don't believe it, Taylor. And Derek said, well, you know, when you got it, you got it. So, JT turns to Freddy and says, Freddy, give me $10. And Freddy's like, oh, when are you going to pay me back, JT? And I, I, I said, never. And then, of course, JT's like, never. Ricky, or Freddy's line is, great idea, JT. What is wrong with this kid? Freddy, what is wrong with you? You can't be that big of a lap dog that, or a yes man or whatever. Like, oh, I'll give you all the money in my wallet. Sure, JT, that's a great idea. What is, Freddy, you need some help. You need some friends that are going to build you up and not take advantage of you. I know he wants to just hang out with the guys and be one of the guys, but that doesn't mean let yourself be taken advantage of. All right, now we got Ricky as Gloria talking to the girls. This is going to be interesting. Hi, I'm Cindy Fairchild. Hi, I'm Gloria Stevenson. <laughs> yeah, this stuff tastes like Tabasco sauce. <laughs> Girls are on one side, boys are on the other. They're not mingling. Give them a chance. They'll come over and get some food and start talking. Before long, we won't be able to get apart. Hi, Freddie. <laughs> 
child, wasn't she the girl that JT brought? So these guys bring the girls, and then they both are on opposite sides of the room, as Edward and Kate are all like, why aren't these kids getting together? You know, this is supposed to be a party. So Edward finally decides to put on some music. Now, the thing that I want to go back to is Cynthia and Ricky, they're drinking the punch. Cynthia's like, this tastes like Tabasco, so don't drink that. Mike, check the glasses by the punch bowl. Dump that out. It's got vitamin D or vitamin E tablets in there. JT, you are trying to ruby these girls. Oh, my goodness. Edward, how did you not check this stuff? Okay, I think it's kind of funny how the girl Cynthia says hi to Freddy because they're both on opposite sides of that punch bowl. Freddy freaks out and zips back over to the other boys. <laughs> He's a scaredy cat. Edward turns on the music and Ricky makes his way over to Derek, putting her arm around him saying, Hey, I think we need to talk. I need to go upstairs. I'm not feeling well. I'm developing a headache. JT! What is wrong with you? That is Derek's date. And you try to sling your arm around that girl, Ricky, shoulder. This kid is, I don't know, is he trying to uh, top Derek as the gross slime ball? Although this guy's just a gross slime ball to girls. I can't understand exactly what J JT said. Like, hey, honey, how about you and I slip away in something or other? Something fantastic. I don't know. What in the world? But he's grabbing the, her, him by the arm, the elbow, and Ricky's like freaking, D Derek, you, do, you don't want this stranger to pull me away. And Derek is just like, eh, yeah, I do. Bye. <laughs> I don't care. It's looking that way. I'm going to play this clip. He just walks away from him. Oh. I'm afraid we must be leaving. I'm developing a terrible headache. Come on, gorgeous. What do you say you and I trip the like fantastic? Derek, you're not going to let this stranger steal me away, are you? Pulling Ricky along. Cynthia Fairchild gets in there. It's like, JT, what are you doing with her? I'm your date. Shouldn't you be dancing with me? JT is like, oh, don't worry. There's plenty of me to go around. And as he continues on with leading Ricky to dance. And Cynthia just sneers. She's right up sneers. At Ricky as Gloria and says, Triumph. Like, oh, come. <laughs> this has got to be so uncomfortable. 
just the look of horror and dread on poor Ricky's face. And these girls are all watching. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my goodness. Because none of them are dancing, I don't think, with the guys. <laughs> with Ricky. Ricky keeps motioning with his hands and his mouth like, Derek, will you get over here? So Derek goes up behind JT, pokes him with his finger on his back like, hey, do you mind if I cut in? JT just looks at Derek like, no. And he goes back to dancing with Ricky. Oh my god. And then JT does this thing where he's like, and he's blowing really hard into Ricky's ear like, <sighs> And she steps back. He steps back like, what are you doing? And JT's like, oh, that doesn't get you all tingly inside? Like, no. So then he's like, hey, how about you and I slip outside? And then we don't hear what he says but because he whispers in Ricky's ear. And Ricky just flat out gut punches JT. And JT goes down like... Because at first, Ricky had his dang dukes up like he was going to punch him right in the nose, JT in the nose. JT doesn't care. He's like, oh, I like a fiery girl. <laughs> you are, he is worse than Derek when it comes to treating women with disrespect. He really, really is. So Ricky tries to hightail it out of there. Of course, he doesn't make it to the door because Edward grabs him by the elbow and says, I saw what you did over there. So I want to play this clip. I bet that Edward is going to see Ricky in that getup. Like, Ricky, what are you doing wearing that? I'd like to talk to you for just a minute. I saw what just happened out there with that boy. Yes. Boys can be such boys. <laughs> Yes, they can, but some girls are too eager to please, too. And I was glad to see you say no. And I think your parents will be proud of you, too. Yeah, well... You know, when I was about your age, I remember I had a friend that whenever he'd ask a girl out, well, he thought that she owed him. What if you really do owe a person? How far should you go to pay that person back? Well, now, that's a tough question. 
You know, my son is wrestling with that same problem right now. Do you know Ricky Stratton? Not personally. <laughs> but I hear he's a real babe. Yeah, well, he is a chip off the old block. Anyway, Ricky's life was recently saved by a friend of his, Derek Taylor, your date tonight. You may call him Derek Taylor, but us girls call him Toad Nose. Ah, uh, well, anyway, Ricky felt that he owed Derek, and he tried his best to pay him back, but I'm sure that Ricky would never let Derek take advantage of him. He's much too smart for that. He is? You bet. So, you see, I think the answer to your question is that you don't pay a debt by compromising your self-respect. It's important to try to keep your dignity. You're absolutely right. Thank you, Mr. Stratton. You're welcome, Rick. So, Edward decides to talk to Gloria and say how I saw what happened with that boy. And some girls tend to be too easy to please. And I'm happy that you said no. He's giving this, in his mind, supposedly, fatherly advice to this supposed party guest. But as he goes on and continues talking, because he does bring up his son, Ricky Stratton, like, oh, do you know of him? And Ricky's like, oh, of course Ricky's going to say, like, oh, yes. And I hear all the girls say he's a major babe. <laughs> I think Edward knew the whole time that that was Ricky. So he mentions about Derek Taylor saving Ricky's life. And how, of course, Ricky has to get in his whole calling, the girls all calling Derek a toad nose. And Edward also feels that um, Ricky maybe thought that he owed Derek and how self-respect and dignity are more important than having to owe somebody. And so Ricky is taking this advice and like, oh, well, uh, thank you, Mr. Stratton. And starts to walk away as Edward's like, yeah, you're welcome, Rick. And Ricky stops dead in his tracks. His eyes are bugging out like he knows. He's your dad. Are you telling me you didn't think he, he would find out? Like, he knows you. For the last few months now, he's gotten to know you. He knows your face. He knows the sound of your voice. You dressing up like a girl is not going to change that. So right then and there, the credits come up. I was like, oh, are you kidding? I mean, we do get more after this, which maybe if the opening part before the intro is called the cold open, then what is what happens after the credits roll and more scenes pop up? By the way, your socks are falling down. <laughs> no sound, no socks. Excuse me, Dad, I got a score to settle. Jesus Christ, he stopped me. Poor thing just can't get it off of me. Is there a problem? <laughs> problem? You've taken advantage of me. You've humiliated me. And I'm not going to... 
going to stand for it anymore, Derek. Is this the gratitude I get? Don't forget, I saved your life. like son your uh, socks are falling down ricky immediately goes to his chest area and starts adjusting and edward's like no son i meant your your socks that are on your feet so ricky decides he's had enough grabs Derek by the shirt collar and drags him over to the door and Derek's like oh do we have a problem here and Ricky's like, yeah, you humiliated me. You took advantage of me. Because uh, he's got Derek on the other side of the door now. And Derek, of course, has to bring him. Oh, I saved your life. And Ricky is just, his cheeks are puffing out like. <laughs> as he takes his hands, wraps them around Derek's neck and begins to squeeze. And Derek's like, you're killing me. And Ricky releases his hands like, see, I just saved your life. Now you owe me. So he slams the door in Derek's face, turns around. All the kids, boys and girls, are looking at Gloria. And Ricky says nothing, adjusts his skirt, clomps up the stairs. That's the end of the episode. That was a short party. <laughs> Oh, unless he's going to go down and dress. He's probably going to come back down as himself. Like, hey, everybody, I just got here. I don't have a date with me, but yeah, this was a fun episode. This was really funny. So I think for this episode for the train rating, I'm going to give this one, I'm going to give it a three out of five. Um, I knocked off two. I knocked off for JT. And his roofie drink. And for Derek constantly saying, you owe me. I saved your life. Just. But the things that I thought were cute. I liked Ricky standing up for himself against JT. And also for Derek's. And the last thing I liked was... Edward feeling the need to give advice to this supposed girl, even though he knew it was his son all along. And Derek, or, um, yeah, this, I just, I thought that was, this was cute. Just, I mean, sad that Ricky felt that he had to do this when he, he could have stood up to Derek. But I think it took that talk from his father to finally realize that, yes, you are being taken advantage of. Because I'm sure that Ricky must have known that in some sense. But he felt out of loyalty to being a good friend and feeling like maybe I do because if it weren't for him saving my life, I'd be dead right now. So, um, for a silver spoonful, if someone saves your life, don't act like you owe them. Like, oh, I gotta be... 
doing good stuff for you and I mean be appreciative yeah but don't feel like you have to be at their beck and call and do whatever they say that's not a good person who would take something like that and hold it over your head and use you and take advantage of you so don't do that don't compromise your self-respect and your dignity like that so I've decided, yeah, I can't do two episodes a week. Um, I got so much stuff going on. Christmas is coming up. I got a lot of stuff with that that I'm going to be focusing on. So I'm just going to stick with the one episode a week thing and try to finish up towards after Christmas. So let's talk about next week's episode. Season 1, episode 15 entitled 12 Angry Kids, which aired on January 15th, 1983. After Ricky gets in a... Wait, hold on. What? Wait a second! He gets in a fight with this kid again? Are you kidding me? Why? Why is this kid back? We've seen him. We went through this. After Ricky gets in a fight with Ox, <sighs> he and Edward are sued for a false whiplash claim? What in the world? This may- Whiplash sounds like a car accident. Leonard and Ricky convince the judge that the case can be- pre- the case be presented to a jury of peers, other kids. Okay, well, we'll see how this goes then, won't we? Um... This episode's got a 6.4 rating. What was the rating of... The other one had a 7.8. So this has got to be a weak rating. What is, like, the weakest so far of... So mostly everything here is, like, over 7 point something. We have some 6.8, so they're almost a 7. Um... 6.4, this is so far, is this the, this is the lowest episode of season one, is this episode. I, like I said, I don't understand why they had to bring this character back. Ricky already dealt with this kid. He brought in Mr., Edward hired Mr. T to help Ricky defend himself or be a bodyguard. So there's really no reason to bring him back. I'm kind of nervous about this episode if it's going to be good. It's got that big of a low rating. But anyway, let's say hey to some podcast listeners. We got Attleboro, Massachusetts, Roseburg, Oregon, Englewood, Colorado, Portage, Wisconsin, Hamburg, Germany, Guyman, Oklahoma, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Manchester, United Kingdom, Bainbridge, Ohio, Clarksburg, West Virginia, Sun Valley, Nevada, Chino Hills, California, Aubers, France, Vienna, Austria, St. Louis, Missouri, Dublin, Ireland, Bronx, New York, Mountain View, California. All right, everyone have a wonderful Tuesday afternoon, and I hope the weather is treating you fair. And if the weather's bad outside, I hope you don't have to go anywhere today. You can just stay inside and snuggle up and listen to this podcast episode. Bye-bye, everybody.